Hello and welcome to For Heaven's Sake, a Seventh Heaven podcast. I'm your co-host, Lady J. And your other co-host, T. <laughs> T, how are you? Doing really well. How about yourself? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be doing this episode. Oh, are you now? I am. I thought it was very interesting. Okay. All right. That means a lot of opinions. This is cool. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately for our listeners, yes. Yeah, I like it. I'm yes. I welcome it. I welcome this. Um, so let's just get into it. So this is episode four hundred three, uh, titled Yaksada or Yaksada. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess before we go any further, I should just say everything that I know about this. So in googling. About this episode. Yeah. Um, when you search Yaksada like, oh, yeah. as written, you get a lot of returns on Google for this episode. Exactly. Pretty much only for this episode. Yeah. With the parenthetical one voice. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was like a revelation because after I watched the episode, I was like, what does this even mean? And so mm-hmm. I looked it up and that's when I got the one voice thing. Yeah. So then I was like, oh, interesting. I sort of kind of took it at face value. But then, of course, my like right brain or whatever kicked in and I was like let me let me really figure this out so I of course used the google translate feature Mm -hmm. knowing that it was probably going to be um afghani like persian or farsi Mm -hmm. or whatever so I searched like the persian to english translate Mm -hmm. typed in yaksada and they and then it comes back yak hundred so that was like a bust but then there's also that like did you mean and then like the the like Persian translation, okay. like in that language or, whatever, or in that alphabet. So I clicked on that, and it comes back with um, a simple one. And then I was like, I got really confused. So then I was like, okay, now this is not working. So I literally just started searching what yak means or okay. yak means, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't. It, se- it seemed like all results were like it means one. Mm-hmm. So I just to be sure, I looked up like like the like numbers in Persian. Yeah, <laughs> like sure enough. But it's spelled differently in all of the accounts I looked at. Oh. Um, and then Sada, I could never really find. Like 100 is Sad. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, 100, Sad, Sada. Maybe maybe when it becomes a phrase, like Yak Sada, like, mm-hmm. it, like that's how you, like you add the A to it and it yeah. becomes a phrase. I started like, I went down this deep, deep fucking rabbit hole. Sounds like it. To make sure that we understand what this term or this phrase okay. means. And then I finally was just like, I threw up my hands and I was just like, I don't know. I'm just going to take it at face value, one voice, whatever. Yeah. And then because I couldn't let it go, I messaged one of my friends who has um, friends who speak Farsi. Okay. They're, they're Iranian, but I figured I, if I can get a close enough approximation, yeah. you know, understanding that obviously there will be differences not to sh- like generalize and stereotype or whatever. But so I asked her to ask her friend what this phrase means and her friend came back with oh do you mean yekseda which means Mm. one um one sound Mm. which is used in the context of like when many voices are speaking as one yeah so i was like all right i guess like i guess this is close enough i don't know why seventh heaven or brenda hampton or whatever decided to use the a's instead of the e's but I was like, I'll allow it. Maybe it's an Afghani to Iranian Persian translation thing. Most likely. Probably. Um, so I was like, okay, fine. One voice, one sound, I'll allow mm-hmm. it. <laughs> one voice, one this is sound. my long-winded way of saying I spent way too much time on this last night as I was watching this episode. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, I like it. Um, and the Amazon Prime spoily is... Eric counsels a young man who feels his wife should be meek and subservient. Meanwhile, Annie and the girls uh, rally for women's rights in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know about you, but I feel like this is the most editorializing uh, Spoilie has ever done. Yeah. Like the, like the whole thing about the he wants his wife to be meek and subservient thing. Yeah. Like that seems like like Amazon like putting their own spin on what happens. It's yeah. not wrong, but it's also not like a literal like explanation of what happens in this episode. <laughs> God. That's true. Um so I don't know. Initial thoughts. What are yours? <laughs> About this episode? <laughs> yes. Um, 
Okay, here's here's how I look at it. You know whenever they're really trying to get a point across? Yeah. They do this shit all the time where they pile on all all point of view. Not point of view, sorry. They, they're really trying to push their agenda. Mm. And they really want you to feel it. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I'm always getting beat by the hammer or by bat when they do this. Okay. And they've Elaborate. Done, they've done this before in previous other episodes, which right now I'm forgetting. But like... It's almost, um, I feel like it's on repeat, like you're listening to a song over and over (laughs) and over. So they're they're showing me how this is happening in the Middle East, and they're showing how this shit exists here. Right. You know? Oh, so, okay, so you're referring to the fact that, like, all of the storylines are pretty much of the same ilk. Yes. And they're all serving this one theme and this one point. And don't get me wrong, it's... It makes interesting conversation. Mm-hmm. That I will, I will say, guaranteed, it creates conversation. So yeah. good job on that. But again, you know, sometimes Seventh Heaven just annoys me with this shit. Yeah, it does. I it get does. it. I get it. And um, and you know what I remembered? I remembered you. Like you know how we watch episodes that are like dare episodes. Oh yeah. And we're like, I wonder, or like um, something about abuse or whatever. I wonder if they put at the end like. Something about calling so and so, like the right, hotlines right. and things like that. Right. And we got that in yeah, the end. We actually got that. Yeah. Here. So I was like, oh, so maybe that never happened in those episodes, but this one, you know, it was there and they never yeah. got rid of it. Yeah. I mean, I just think. Or, or, or I see, like for Amazon or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I will say this. So the like the cold open mm-hmm. ha- does like that timestamp thing. Right, like in the mm-hmm. bottom left corner, yeah. as the scenes change, it says like we start at seven thirty and then we go to eight oh two and yeah. then it's nine forty six or mm-hmm. whatever the hell, um, or ten thirty or whatever. Yeah, and um, and that for me was like because I'm watching West Wing right now, oh. it felt really West Wingian because yeah. West Wing does that like when like in most or not maybe not most but a lot of episodes like where they're where they're either gonna do a lot of like back and forth in in parallel time Mm -hmm. or they want to show like how much can change in a day or whatever that like, like they'll open with like Monday, 7am, you know? And then, and then like the next scene will be like Monday, 8am or Tuesday, whatever. So that for me was very like, Oh, West Wing style, (laughs) which, and for all you know, they probably did take it from them. Well, that's, what's funny is because this, and then, and then I was also like, Oh my God, Afghanistan, like when did this air? Because I kind of lost my my, my yeah. sense of where we are in real time, so I had to look it up. And so this aired on October fourth, nineteen ninety nine. So oh. before nine eleven and yeah. all of that, but clearly, like two years after, um, what is recognized as like the start of like Taliban rule mm-hmm. in Afghanistan. Um, and also, nineteen ninety nine is the year that West Wing started. Interesting. Yeah. So interesting that that's I don't know and and maybe I just felt it because I because I'm watching West Wing right now yeah maybe it wasn't even a thing it, which, it probably and all was. likely you think you think it or who was? knows what if they, uh, what if knows? what if one of them had watched the pilot and they're like oh that's a good idea I mean yeah that's true because this would have been like shortly after it started airing yeah and I don't even know that West Wing had necessarily established that that's something they do in their first what three episodes yeah. like so maybe I'm drawing those parallels sort of unfairly but there it is you know for whatever it's, it's worth yeah okay um so so. Another thing I noticed, too, about this episode is... And it's something that I think you mentioned in our last episode, but I don't think I had realized it, so I kind of let it slide over me. Okay. That Maureen Flanagan is in the opening credits. Yeah. And not Chaz Shepard. Oh, in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. And both were in the previous episode's yeah. credits, and this time it's just her and not him. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. So what, he was just a main for two episodes, and then all of a sudden she's going to be the main? Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell is happening here? So that's, I just noticed that in the credits. Um, because I let them play. Yeah. Because I was busy Googling, like, when when did this episode air? And, like, when did the Taliban start? <laughs> so I was like, this can play for a minute. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's get into it. So... Um, the episode starts with Eric really excited because he's gonna he's like back in the saddle with his job. He has a counseling session with mm-hmm. a married with a couple who's gonna be married. Yeah, so it's like one of those pre marriage counseling things that they do. 
and um, he's super excited about it. Annie's like, calm down. <laughs> like, yeah. no need to be super excited about anything. Like, keep yourself level. You know, yeah. you just had a heart attack. And then also, like, we need a new car, which is weirdly also happening in this episode. Yeah. Like, such a random side note for this whole episode that they're also in the market for a new car. Well, you know. <laughs> it's a setup for something. Never never is it coincidental. But, my, but like, it's so weirdly Placed. not on top, like, yeah. not on topic. No, yeah. <laughs> like, it's so dumb. Yeah. So he and Ruthie are gonna look for a new car, mm-hmm. and he's also gonna counsel this couple. So then we meet this couple, and this is one of the first things this motherfucker says. Jessica will be responsible for cooking and cleaning and laundry and childcare, and I will be responsible for bringing home the paycheck, deciding how that money is spent, and when it's time for us to have children. These are pretty traditional division of responsibilities. Not much different from the way that you and Annie do things. Okay. I have to admit that the division of labor around here has been a little off lately, but see, that's because of my heart attack. When I was in, and when I get back to fighting form, Annie and I have one philosophy. Do whatever is necessary. Whenever necessary. And when applicable, to whomever necessary. Yeah. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> my dream man, but that's my husband right there. That's my dream guy. And I love how she doesn't say a word. Nope. She does she barely says two words in this episode total. Might as well not exist. Who are you getting married to and for what reason? And I love how at some point, like before they leave, before they like unceremoniously leave the house or whatever, Eric's like, Jessica chime like jump in whenever you're comfortable. You yeah. know, and she just like stands there like yeah. like a bump on a log. This is who you want to marry. Good good pick. See, I don't know man. It's so easy, right, mm-hmm. for us to to say that. But then but then on the other side, you've got badass Betty Tomlin yeah. who comes on the scene and who gives you some background on Jessica. Yeah. And and it's like you get it, you know. I no, might not. I, I might not accept it or or like it, right? Or share those values or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we'll. I mean, we'll get into this as we go through the episode. But it's just like I don't know. Who am I to say that she's the idiot? You know. Oh no, 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 that no. I I, I hate to say it. Like no, I don't think anyone if they can picture. A future for themselves. I don't know if they can picture something like that. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. I, yeah. I just I don't think someone pictures it that way. But it's just sometimes circumstances and what you think you might deserve, what you think you deserve, clouds what reality should probably be for you. Yeah. And I think that's what it was for her. But man, we'll get into it. But I'm but I'm yeah. happy for her in the end. Yeah, yeah, and for him, and for Ryan. Because there's there's a, there's a slight there there could be hope there could be there could be I I really really struggled with the show trying to make him a redeemable character and no the end. he's not redeemable in well, the end no they no they they paint him in that corner yeah, I know. they paint him as the guy who has a slight hope of like getting like getting the message through his head and for me that was like ugh, you know because like. Why? Why? Well, he's he's obviously like he like he comes out hard in the opening as this kind of a guy, and my thing is it's like why do we have to apologize for that? Why well, like on television, right? Well, like, why do we have to tell, tell a story where we're apologizing for that? Why can't he just be a dick and everybody knows it and he goes and he goes away as a dick? Oh, that's true. That's true. But the reason why. It, the only way it kind of works, kind of, mm-hmm. is because he literally had his life stripped from him. His yeah, parents are getting a divorce, um, and what happens with him and Jessica. Yeah. So, Which, fuck it, we could just get into it. So, yeah. um, so they basically like dismiss Eric from performing their ceremony because... He's opinionated. Because, well, yeah, because he has made it clear... That he does not like this man. In my notes, they're husband and wife. I don't know what their names are. <laughs> Ryan and Jessica. Okay, thank you. So, Eric has made it clear that 
he is he does not share Ryan's values mm-hmm. and and they know it. Yeah. And so um Eric even tries to like get Jessica over to the house for a for a one on one session so yeah. he can try to get through to her and they show up together. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like I've been doing a lot of thinking, and maybe you just shouldn't be the one to marry us because we don't share the same values, whatever the hell. Uh And then we meet um, Betty Tomlin, who's Ryan's mom. Yeah. And the minute she came on the scene, I immediately liked her. Of course. Like, like she, like, like they opened the door on Betty, and I'm like, I like this chick. Yeah. (laughs) Like, she just has this energy about her. Mm -hmm. And so she meets with Eric and um, calls... Jessica. Yeah. And says this. Uh, Ryan asked that you join us. But uh, please don't call him, dear. He has that meeting this morning and he doesn't want to be disturbed. Total lie. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Jessica's on her way. Why don't you just meet with Jessica? Because Ryan and my husband treat me like a mentally challenged housekeeper. And Jessica tends to think like they think. But you're a man and a minister. And because of that, there's a chance she'll listen to you. Is this going to cause you some problems at home? <laughs> Let me count the ways. <laughs> but I can take care of myself. In fact, I was just waiting for this wedding to get over with so I could tell Ryan and his father that I filed for divorce. Such a badass. Uh, you know, the, I great for her. I'm so happy that she finally came to that decision to do it, to make that move. But my heart breaks for this woman because she lived in this marriage and in this kind of home and raised a son with that kind of background. But you know what? You know what I really liked about her? So I think it's twofold. One, she's she's lived this life for most of her life, right? But she's somehow been able to keep like her will and her strength and continues to have a positive attitude. And she doesn't appear to be bitter or even, like, jaded, yeah. right, about the state of humanity or whatever. Yeah. Like, like she's putting herself on the line to try to protect the next generation, mm-hmm. you know, from going through the same thing she did. And then I also, I can appreciate that she stayed for the reason she stayed, yeah. which are, you know, like, because she knew she, she, knew she was fucked. Yeah. But she didn't want to put her family through that when mm-hmm. Ryan was, was, was little. And she knew she was just biding her time. Mm-hmm. Which, again, you could argue, like, why'd you do that to yourself? Like, that's horrible, whatever. But would it have been any better if she had divorced him sooner? Oh, that... And he was. grew up in a broken home. Yeah. And he, and he had, like, alone time with his dad to, like, be raised a certain way or whatever. Like... I like, mean, she staged her own mini-rebellion in this way yeah. of, like, of saying, you know what, fucker? Like, you can treat me like shit this whole time, and but I'm out as soon as my duties here are done, Yeah, you know, as a mother. like No, no, like, again, I'm glad that it just shows you it doesn't matter how old or how young. Mm-hmm. It's never too late. You can always... Right. That, that, that's, that's what, that's my takeaway yeah. from this. And... Man, she, like, I'm so happy that she got out of it. And plus, I like that they showed that this is, that this was Ryan's mother. Mm-hmm. That doesn't share the same values as her right. husband. I right. like that. And that, like, Ryan has been clouded. And, and she even says it. She says it, like, I for sure played a part in it. And she does, let's be honest. Because if she didn't, if she had left of earlier, who knows? Who That's knows? Right. Doesn't know if it was going to be right or wrong, or if it was going to be better or worse. We have no idea. Right. But that ship has sailed. But at this point. I, again, I like she takes her responsibility of what she's done and mm-hmm. of what she's done and what she's going to do. Yeah. So like, fuck, it's powerful. It's awesome. It really was. Yeah. I really appreciated this Betty Tomlin. Yeah. Thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Like, it really like worked for me somehow. Yeah. In a way that just, I don't know. It was good. And then so when Jessica does finally come, um, she's the first one to be like, you know, I don't think I can marry Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Not until he, like, you know, 
he and I have a serious understanding of like what marriage is mm-hmm. and like whatever. So, I mean, you can take, you can say that like what she came to her senses or whatever. Um, and, and then I also love that, that Betty Tomlin went ahead with the divorce anyway, even mm-hmm. though Ryan's not getting married anymore. Yeah. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Like, yeah. T- like get yours. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's about time. Yeah. You deserve it. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Dina and Simon are the cutest things in sliced bread. <laughs> She's so blonde. And they're so big. I know. Like, she shot up like a tree. Mm-hmm. He's already also tall. They're, they're so cute. They're like little mini adults. Yeah. Yeah. They're really cute. <laughs> they're really fun. And so, we learn that... Um, oh, okay. <laughs> I got confused for a second. <laughs> So, Simon and Dina have home ec together. Yeah. And Simon is unexpectedly, like, really good at it. Yeah. Yeah, he is. So, so he's, like, getting a name for himself as, like, the home ec guy. Yeah. And it's kind of, like, messing with his, like, internal sense of who he is. Am I a man or am I, like, one of the girls? Yeah, which I take issue with that that phrasing, obviously. Yeah. But to his point, that class is all girls. Yeah. And he's doing really well. So, like, he's getting a lot of attention and stuff in the class. And, like, he just feels like he needs to stake a claim on his own masculinity. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but but he had to, like, lie to his parents to get in the class in the first place. Yeah. So he could have a class with Dina. <laughs> so, so Dina is, like, just tell them the truth. Like, tell them you want to be in Woodshop instead. Yeah. And then we get a fucking soliloquy from Simon. Yeah. On his love for wood. (laughs) You'd rather be in wood shop because there are more guys in there. And wood. Men love wood. The smell of wood, the look of wood, the way it looks when it's varnished, the way it crackles in a fire, the way it can be as flexible and airy as a piece of kite paper, as solid and unyielding as the Oh, call of a mighty Viking ship. Yeah, what is the substance of our lives, you know? <laughs> I can't. It's too much. Yeah. I had to rewatch that like 15 times. Like, it was so hilarious. Yeah. And wood. <laughs> like, wood. Wood. Men love wood. Yes, they do. <laughs> the smell of it, the texture. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Well, that's just Simon reclaiming his masculinity. Do you think? Do you think the writers were like hilariously meta about this? Yeah, because of the whole like I'm trying to stake my masculinity claim, and then I go on and on and about wood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. As long as we're on the same page I about think that, because so. like you're watching, it, you're like, this is ridiculous. It's. I mean, they had to have known. Yeah, what they're doing. What this sounds like. Yeah. Like they. Like there's no way. They didn't realize it after 15 pages of wood talk. <laughs> like, what the fuck he's saying? And then, this is what he's going to say about wood. <laughs> <laughs> I, can just, I can just imagine, like, being in the writer's room, like, what, what do boys like? Uh, what do guys like? Uh, wood, 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 that's cool. <laughs> like, and then, like, like, you know, just like, like a, like a, just to like, as, a, as like a placeholder, like, Simon goes on about wood. And then they just let him vamp for five minutes Seriously. about wood. <laughs> yes. So funny. Simon is a man. <laughs> In case you forgot, he likes wood. Yeah. In case you forgot. And then, Ruthie plays football. Dude, it suits her. Fucking adorable as fuck. Yeah. In her little helmet yeah. and, like, you her know, gear. pads yeah, and the shit. Pads. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's- and, you know, I mean, it was adorable. For someone that likes, well, okay, for someone that has a shit ton of stuffed animals and rips the head mm. off her dolls, the perfect it's combo, perfect. football. It's perfect. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Did you understand right away that this was like a taboo thing? I'm trying to understand if I if I misunderstood something or if I misheard something or if they purposely buried the lead about how no one knew she was playing football. 
I, it seems like no one knew she was playing football but Mary. No, no, no. I know that yeah. now. But at the time, all she says is like, I'm going to go pick up Ruthie from practice, right? Yeah. Does she say soccer at any point? Yeah, she does she say does? soccer. Oh, okay. Then, then that's on me. I yeah. missed it. Okay. She does say soccer. Okay. So, so Ruthie showing up in the football gear is a reveal. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And I didn't take it that way at first. It's super cute, though. Yeah, super cute. She lo- Yeah. I, I think she's the... Dude, I don't know. Soccer would have been way too safe. I'm so glad that they picked football. And she's football. so tiny yeah. in her little shorts. And she's like running around with this giant and, helmet and on. And her freaking nickname, The Hammer. <laughs> it's even... It gets better, guys. I know. The she's Hammer. She's so fucking cute. Yeah. And then when she's like... When she... um goes away from Mary to, like, go change, and yeah. she, like, strikes the pose. Like, so cute. And she does it with Annie. Oh, yeah. So freaking cute. She's adorable. I love her. This is the Ruthie I like. Yeah. This is the Ruthie I can appreciate. So far, actually, in season four, she's been pretty tolerable. So far. But tell me, didn't you didn't you get a little excited or super happy when you hear her say, what are we doing? Oh, she does say that. She just drops it in. Like, what? Yeah, I, I'll do it. What, what are we doing? She really does sneak it in. It's almost like a, it's like, it's like a callback, you know, yeah. like the way they do it. It's I swear, so I funny. just thought of you and I was like, yay! I know, I totally noticed that. I should have clipped it out, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> so, I guess, so that, okay, that, that segues nicely, right? So, in the beginning of the episode, we see Annie pull up. At like a like on some street or whatever, and there's like protesters outside. Yes, some are wearing like full um, burkas mm-hmm. that also like cover the face and yeah. like the whole body or whatever. I guess that is a I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to speak ill, n- not smartly <laughs> like that. <laughs> I don't want to speak like like the way I just did. Um, so. So some are wearing those, and others are just in plain clothes, like girls, whatever. And then somebody comes up to Annie, mm-hmm. like, in the car, and hands her, like, some flyer-type yeah. things. And it's about, the like, stopping the gender apartheid in yeah. Afghanistan. Um, so, excuse me. So we find out that after Annie, like, drives off, we find out that Lucy is one of those people in the, mm-hmm. in the protest line. Protest circle, whatever. And um, and she's kind of like I didn't know what to take away from that. Was she like? It seems like she was hiding, like she didn't want anyone to know she was there. I guess well, specifically her mom. Yeah, because she like puts the sign in front of her face, mm-hmm. so, so like her mom doesn't see her or whatever. Yeah, I don't know why she would want to hide that. I guess maybe because she was ditching school. Maybe, maybe, and she. I don't. I don't know why she's trying to hide it from her mom. A part of me did think that would they not be okay with this? Not okay, not in the sense that, like, she's protesting, like, um, like the cause is great. Right. But I'm just thinking that their parents would be worried, and therefore mm. she doesn't want to deal with them being like, oh, but be careful, dear. Yeah. So I don't, I, that's, yeah. What, that's what I was thinking. But again, I mean, it'd be, whatever. I don't know why she was hiding it, and I did find it weird. And, and I got annoyed, again, how you have pointed this out before, I hate that their parents are so fucking suspicious oh, about their kids. I can't even with that I'm, shit anymore. I'm, it's frustrating. When uh, Lucy's trying to catch a ride with Mary, therefore to go to the protest or whatever she was going to go to. Well, actually, no. We find out later that Lucy was in on the whole Ruthie thing. So so, so they were actually going to go together to, to see Ruthie. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. I don't know. They were going to go together, but... But Lucy didn't know. I don't think Lucy knew at no, that she point did. that it was football. She did because, well, maybe not. Maybe no, not that she still had makeup on. Remember, she no. Okay, what? No, this, <laughs> this is where that comes from. Her hair was down in that scene when she talks to her mom, saying that she wants to catch a ride with Mary. Okay. Okay. When she goes back upstairs, then she has that scene with Simon, and she has makeup on, and then that's when Mary drops the bomb on her about about the football. Yeah, but Lucy's the one like tell me all about Ruthie. Yeah, which means, which oh, means you're knew. right. There, I forgot about that part. 
But she knew something was up, but she didn't know it was football. Can we fucking talk about the Lucy thing? About her? Did you... What the fuck makeover was everybody losing their minds over? I didn't even notice anything different about her. I, I had a, her hair was what, did up. she put her hair up? Seriously, she that put, was it? She put her hair All up of a sudden she she's had more beautiful. makeup on. I didn't even notice that. Like, I, fucking... They're, te- like, they're, they're on television. I don't know what the difference is between putting makeup on and regular no makeup. Like, fucking A. I, I don't know. Did you really notice it? I didn't notice anything. I, I noticed that, that she had more makeup on, but I didn't think I was supposed to pay attention in the sense, like, this was something important. Yeah, right? Like, okay, so, so uh, like, she's Simon, an actress. They all have makeup on. Exactly. <laughs> and then Simon calls her beautiful, and I was like, this is weird. Uh, but I was like, okay, ew, but okay. And then fucking Eric calls her beautiful. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? I mean... And what was that even about? Is it like she can, like she's wearing makeup because she can, and that's the point? Or maybe it's because maybe she was confident, or maybe the way like they never know, even like dealt with that. They don't. They don't deal with it. It was just like I think I almost want to say, and I don't know if I'm. I, I don't know if I'm right. Maybe I am wrong. Um, that Lucy has changed, and therefore even the men in her family have noticed that she's confident, and therefore it's beautiful. And she's and she's talking about how she feels so good on the inside. She she and she says she wants to make the outside match it or whatever or like have fun with it. Granted, that line is kind of weird and funny. Where I'm like, oh, she says something about like I realized that that we are like houses for ourselves or yeah. some shit. So it re- I wanted reflects. my outside to reflect my inside. Or yeah. Something. Whatever the fuck that means, it's it's a little too much. But I I guess when but but this is something that I believe in. Like when you're fucking confident, that's sexy. And yeah. it's beautiful. I just wish they had drawn a clearer line between yeah. Well if what they the did, we wouldn't be having about. this conversation. No, agreed. <laughs> agreed. But I just I feel like we could have a better conversation that has more substance if we just knew what the fuck they were trying to do with that. And then we could talk about that as opposed, to, as opposed to just speculating as to what the fuck the makeup thing was about. Yeah. Like, I didn't... All three of them, it, within two minutes of this scene, or whatever scene, basically tell her that she's beautiful. Yeah. Annie, and Annie's the third one, right? No, Mary. Well, Mary doesn't even say you're beautiful. She goes, what's with the... She, like, notices uh, the change. yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think Annie does call her beautiful, though. Well, I don't know. She didn't show up in that part. But I'm sure she mm, does. Maybe not. I don't remember. But I I just felt like, okay, like, maybe there's... Maybe, and maybe it wasn't even about Lucy. Because maybe it was about the fact that other people are commenting on her. Mm-hmm. Which is supposed to be a commentary on the fact that, like, like, look, when you're not under Taliban rule in Afghanistan, like, and people can see you. Yeah. They can see that you're beautiful. Mm. And that's the point. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe I'm giving it too much credit. I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. It's, it's anyone's guess at this point. Yeah. But, so that's ultimately sort of the crux of this episode, right? So those, those protesters hand um, Annie those flyers. She reads them. But she also has shit to take care of, so if she can't, like read it all in that moment and, like, take it all in or whatever. But she keeps, like, seeing, like, phantom, like, any girl she comes across, like, she just imagines them in, like, the full covering or whatever. And it, like, stops her in her tracks. It's kind of eerie, actually. (laughs) And the music that plays during that scene or any time she's in that moment and everything's in slow-mo. Yeah, it's, it's... It gets the point across. It might be a bit much. Uh, it is a bit much. Yeah. I didn't need to see them in the full coverings. I think it would be enough if if, if Annie was just, like, taken aback. Yeah. You know? And was just, like, looking at these girls. And then maybe, like, in her mind she's flashing to the scene she saw on the street mm-hmm. or something. Like, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's same and stupid of me to say. But, um, but so, and then, and then we get Eric. He, like reads that whole flyer which is basically just like a PSA for Mm -hmm. the atrocities that are happening under Taliban rule in Afghanistan and what's what I found sort of not funny but interesting I guess um, is in that moment when I when I paused so I could read all about Taliban or or gender apartheid rather um, 
I read all that stuff in Wiki, and then it was funny that, like, everything that Eric is reading off of that flyer is, is like, almost oh, verbatim. Wow. For, not Not really verbatim, but, like... I was like, oh, I already know this all. <laughs> like, yeah. like the penalties and, mm-hmm. you know, what's happening over there and all that stuff. And interestingly enough, the coalition or commission or whatever that they have that, that title card for at the end um, was mentioned in the Wikipedia article. They were under a lot of, um, sc- like, like they got a lot of, um, like, hate or whatever at the time. Yeah. When they, when they orig- initially launched or whatever mm-hmm. um, for for sort of painting islam as like evil yeah which isn't fair either you know mm-hmm. kind of thing but they have since ever since the taliban was like disbanded or whatever um they they've like rebranded themselves and are continuing to fight the fight like yeah for, you know women's rights or whatever mm-hmm. human rights rather in that part of the world but um yeah so that was you know interesting so then he reads this whole thing and then Annie basically just, like, sums up this whole episode, yeah. right, it, with, by saying... I don't know whether to be angry about what Afghan women don't have or grateful for what I do. Plain and simple. Yeah. Like, that's really what this episode is getting at, the mm-hmm. idea that, like, like, what can you do? Yeah. You know? Like, on the one hand, we can be thankful every day yeah. for the freedoms we enjoy... Or we can just, like, drive ourselves crazy thinking about the freedoms that other women in other parts of the world don't enjoy. Seriously. Or other people in other parts of the world don't enjoy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know that there's even, like, a right answer to that, right? It's just that, oh, it's, like, never-ending question. Um, what else happens in this episode? Shauna. Oh, yeah. You, 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 you start about it. Shoshana. Um, uh, well, basically, Matt approaches Annie asking her to f- to hem or to fix some part of uh, Shauna's skirt or whatever mm-hmm. because she has an interview and he doesn't know much about it. So he asks Annie to go there and help her out um, and also to snoop. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Annie's like, nope, I won't snoop, but I'll help her. So she goes there, uh, is working on the skirt or whatever. Uh, and she asks Shauna what it's about, and then Shauna's like, "Well, I don't want to talk about it just yet until it's over." Okay, cut to we get, we get to Shauna's apartment. Matt is there knocking on the door because he just can't leave well enough alone. Nope, he can't. So he, he was basically trying to wish her like best of luck for the, uh, for this interview, mm-hmm. and then uh, she, she and she opens it. Does she say that she's already in the interview? Mm-mm. No, right? Okay. But- she sort of like doesn't fully open the door. And yeah, she yeah. like like comes out and meets him in the hallway, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, I just wanted to wish you luck or see if you needed a ride or whatever." Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, like I'm good, like yeah, you know." And he's like, "What is it happening here?" And that's and when we find they out. hear a man's voice like, "What? Uh, why is there a man in your apartment?" Like kind of thing, like just being a jealous boyfriend already. <laughs> um, so. Basically, we all meet Shauna's father, guys. Deadbeat dad. Yeah, we meet deadbeat dad. What really pissed me off about him, besides his disgusting leathery tan skin, was the fact that he barely opens his mouth when he talks. Did you notice that? Yeah. Like, it's so awkward to look at. (laughs) It's weird. That was awkward, yes. But what also bothered me was his... His ending speech or whatever, his delivery. But the fact that there was a part of him that looked like he was hopeful and as if he gets emotional, but it, but it's not even, I don't know how to explain it. Like I, I felt like I was really confused by his facial expressions as if I'm supposed to feel something. It was a little weird. It was weird. And I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know how to take it. I don't. Well, when Matt comes in and she introduces him to her dad, um, She's like, Matt, uh, meet my father. And so, yeah. okay, fine. And then cut two, he's already gone. And Shauna and Matt are, like, debriefing, I guess, about why he's even here in the first place. Yeah. And I guess we find out, or we find out that Shauna reached out to him mm-hmm. to ask him for money. For school. S- for school so that she can, so that she doesn't have to work as much. 
to support herself yeah so that she can focus on school and like get to med school and like take care of her you know take yeah. care of business essentially or whatever mm-hmm. so that she doesn't have to work so much and her whole thing is like you know i don't see why not because like i never asked him for anything he never gave me anything like this is like a real issue like it's a real thing that i'm asking for like yeah. Like, whatever. And then Matt is suspicious and sort of skeptical. Yeah. And then they have the weirdest non sequitur conversation. Thank you. It's, like, completely not about what's happening. Like, I don't even understand what this was. I just feel like somebody in the writer's room was like, oh, I know. I just heard this phrase. Let's talk about it because we can. So I'm going to play it. Could you at least sound hopeful? I don't want to give you false hope. What is false hope? It's when you hope something works out, but there's not much of a chance that it will. That makes no sense. Hope is hope. And the hope wasn't false, it was the real thing. A person has a right to hope for whatever they want to hope for. It doesn't make sense to say a person has the right to hope in some cases and not a right to hope in other cases. Especially because those are probably the cases where they need to hope the most. Okay, false hope is a misnomer. Thank you. Okay, I'm like, I'm laughing because as I'm listening to it, I'm like, oh, I kind of get it. (laughs) I kind of understand it in the bigger context, which is like, like, it's almost like a side note. Yeah. But it also kind of feeds the bigger message of the story, which Mm -hmm. is that like, if you don't operate with hope, like nothing ever gets done. Mm -hmm. And like, you kind of have to have hope even in the worst of circumstances because otherwise like what's the point of life kind of thing yeah and that's ultimately the message about like standing up and like letting your voices be heard and like doing something about something because that's all you can do or whatever okay fine i'll allow it seventh heaven (laughs) yeah you've been allowing a few things dude because as as we're talking through it i'm like i'm like having revelations about shit So, okay, but Matt can't leave well enough alone, so he asks Eric to do what he does. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that they're so just meta about it yeah. now. Like, so are you back in the snooping business, Dad? Yeah. Uh, I don't snoop. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then I love how he's about to say, I don't know if my network reaches that far. Yeah. And I'm like, bitch, you have a network everywhere. everywhere. And this guy you can't look up? Really? Yeah. <laughs> and the best part is when Sergeant Michaels fucking oh, God. calls. And, and gives them a full rundown on this guy. Yeah. So apparently Eric didn't have to even reach into his network. He just had to place a call to Sergeant Michael. Just look shit up on him, all right? Just like, like acting like the mafia business. I'm Seriously. Using. It's so funny. Reverend my ass. <laughs> <laughs> More like Godfather, am I right? Yeah, come on. <laughs> um, uh, ooh. <laughs> um yeah so basically like the guy gets like a fucking clean bill like he's like he's done really well for himself in the what do they call it the software business or a software mogul or something yeah yeah software like what the fuck is a software business yeah you mean like he's a programmer or a coder or what like yeah so apparently he's good, pays his taxes, no tickets, nothing. Yeah, good, yeah, good. Like, like he's on, he's on the up and up. Yeah, which only makes us feel better because then we're like, oh, cool, like he's in a good position to help Shauna. Like he's not just going to be like, I'm a deadbeat and I'm trying to get money off of you or whatever. Dickhead's still a deadbeat. Fucking asshole. And this is the weird. This is the part that really got me. So he gives her that whole spiel about how I paid my way through and you're never going to learn anything until, unless you do it yourself and you're going to thank me for this and da 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 And I was like, fuck, he's an asshole. But, like, maybe maybe he believes he's true. Like, like he's doing the right thing because he's right. Like, I worked my way through college yeah. and shit. Yeah. So I kind of was like, fuck, that's fucked up. But, like, maybe he's right. Yeah. Or, or maybe he knows what he's talking about. At yeah. Very, at the very least or whatever. And then when Shauna's like, mom paid your way through college, I was yeah. like, you fucker! Like, yeah. you lied also? Yeah. Like, holy shit. Holy uh-huh. shit. And by the like, way, mom paid your way through college. I can't believe it. Shauna's just like, the best. Yeah. I fucking love Shauna so much. You didn't visit me, you didn't give me a birthday card, you never paid no, for child support. Mm-mm. Like, 
like, and yeah, he's he's like, can we still be friends? And it's like, bitch, we were never even friends to begin with. You were never even my fucking dad, let alone us being friends. Like, GTFO, bro. You can't even, like, you can't even stand up and do the right thing now as a man. I'm the one who put everything aside to call you in the first place. And you can't just, like, thank your lucky stars that you have a relationship with me. No. You want to try to teach me a lesson about the value of a dollar now? Like, get the fuck out of here. Total asshole. God. What do you think that storyline was about? Was it to show that men suck? If you think about it, this entire episode was about how men suck. Except well, the no, it, but it wasn't though. It was it was about it was about maybe the differences between men and women, or sort of um, like gender roles or whatever. Definitely, I'm I'm, I'm struggling with the Shauna thing. So so she, a woman, put herself on the line to ask him, a man, mm-hmm. for money. Yeah. And he shot her down. Yeah. But she still has the upper hand. Yeah. So it's about, like, it's okay to put yourself on the line as long as you keep the upper hand. (laughs) I don't know about keeping the upper hand, but the thing is, uh, you shouldn't be afraid to ask anybody for help. It's okay to be vulnerable. Mm. It's still, and it's... If anything, it just makes you stronger to be vulnerable. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, That's a good takeaway. You know? And it's big because she was trying to establish a relationship with her dad. Yeah. And granted, she couldn't. you can't control the situation because she can't control him. She can only control herself. And therefore, so she put herself out there. She did her best. And that was plenty. It was enough. Yeah. And he wasn't man enough or didn't have the guts to stand up for it or like to be there or to even accept it but like the the man hasn't I don't know if there's any love in there you get what I'm saying Mm -hmm. like he's never I don't think he has it in him to care for some to care for someone or for something other than himself that's what it is right he's just a very selfish human being you're right I, I think you hit the nail on the head there like he's incapable clearly he abandoned her once mm-hmm. doesn't mean he's not capable of it, of it again. He could have stayed and redeemed himself, but he chose not to. And I hope that we can still be friends. You don't even have a relationship with me. You never even established it. And now you're telling me you still want to be friends? Like, no, bro, get the fuck out. And of course she's going to be hurt. Of course she's going to be hurt. And of course she's, she's going to kick him out. Yeah. No, I think you nailed it. You're very astute. Am I now? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're astuter than me. <laughs> I like it. Can I get that on a bumper sticker? <laughs> astuter? <laughs> My child is an astute. Uh, what is it? Oh, which oh, one? Like, the honor roll? Like, yeah, like those honor roll stickers. Yeah, yeah. My, My child is astute at Miller Elementary. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, there was always a comedian making fun of pe- uh, people that have those bumper stickers. And he said, you know what? I'm going to have a bumper bumper sticker saying it. And my kid beat, beat up your honor roll kid or something like that. Like, oh, I, I remember that. I don't know ago. who it is, though. I can't remember. Oh, well. But it's it's there. The joke is there. I was can't it deliver Louie? it. Huh? Was it Louie? I don't know. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. It sounds like something he would say. Yeah. It's, doesn't it? See, George Carlin would always just make fun oh, of people. Oh, it could have been him. It could have been, but he makes fun of the he makes fun of people with uh, baby on board mm. st- stickers, mm-hmm. and he always goes, he's like, and then I just want to drive recklessly around them. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that reminds me of this morning on the way to work. Um, some like crazy person in an SUV was like, like intent on like cutting me off. In the middle of bumper-to-bumper traffic. Like, like you know, it's one of those where you, like, drive, like, yeah. like 30 feet, and yep. then you have to, like, stop again. Mm-hmm. But those 30 feet is enough for for someone to, like, get in if of they course. want to. But in order to do so, they have to, like, be really, like, smooth at, yeah. and the right timing so that they don't, like, hit or get hit or whatever. Mm-hmm. So 
I'm just like minding my business in my lane. Like I have my 30 foot gap to, to fill right now. And as I'm, as I lift my foot off the brake so I can go forward, this SUV like totally just like veers right into my lane. And I, and I like was jolted yeah. and then fucking baby on board sticker in the corner. I was like, bitch, you're going to drive recklessly. <laughs> What? <laughs> Changing the game on me? <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. Baby on board. <laughs> I was like, not today, you don't, apparently. Yeah, seriously, kids not back there, they don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, every time I see those stickers, I just think of George Carlin. That's funny. <laughs> and then you drive recklessly. <laughs> I mean... In homage, I, in homage. I mean, I know, but I can't help it, but like a part of me, it's like the horns, my double horns come out. Yeah. I'm like, should I? Nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so then at the end of the episode, or near the end of the episode, because the end is the end, but right before the end of the episode, um, Annie calls Eric to let him know that like... She's going to spend the rest of the evening or the afternoon or whatever with the girls and Matt and Simon should be home soon. So when Matt and Simon come home and Eric is there with the twins, yeah, we get this. Well, 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 would you look at this? A meeting of the Camden men and only the Camden men. Yes. Uh, all right, so you're on bathroom duty. I'm going to start a load of towels and Simon the Great can get started in the kitchen. Uh, do you want snickerdoodles, brownies, or chocolate chip cookies? All I mean, three. personally, I'd go with the snickerdoodles. <laughs> They're lighter and you can eat more. That's my favorite oh, part. you thought I can cook, like, a dinner? Wow. It's junior high home ec, not Marcella Hazan's cooking school. <laughs> <laughs> and Matt's best. Who? Who the fuck is Marcella Hazan? <laughs> well... Italian chef. Is that a female? Yes. Okay. An Italian chef, uh, known for her awesome cookbooks, and one of her one of my favorite pastas. I, I mm. make. Yeah. I. It's just literally tomato sauce, butter, and onion, bro. And you cut Ooh. that shit in half, and you drop it in there. It's Ooh. awesome. But yeah, like uh, <laughs> it's just funny that he threw it out there. And but Matt's who like <laughs> my favorite part of this clip is this. Would you look at this? Would <laughs> you look at this? <laughs> and then like also him saying um to the boys like oh what does he say he's like simon's gonna cook for us uh-oh <laughs> would you look at this and all then the cut to then. cut to them in the kitchen too and it's like a fucking mess yeah him using uh <laughs> simon is using the, the the what's it called the the yellow gloves the dishwashing gloves basic oh dude but the best part of that is matt pounding the chicken, chicken. <laughs> And then the tomato sauce that was in the in the fridge too. Yeah, why did they feel like they skipped a step? What were they supposed to do with the tomato sauce? Well, I'm. It looks like they were breading the chicken. Yeah. So and putting it in the pan. Yeah. Presumably, you would put sauce on top of that. Yeah. And so they oh. haven't missed anything. He's like, oh, I don't. I, whatever. They don't. It's just funny. Yeah. But I. Oh, Simon. Do you guys want snickerdoodles, brownies, or chocolate chip? I would say snickerdoodles because they're lighter. And you can eat more, more. of them. <laughs> and I swear, but there are times where this is how I think about food, too. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was like, fuck yeah, Simon knows. Like, Yeah, dude. That's why I choose a salad over, like, pasta any day. Because oh, I yeah. can eat, like, a giant bowl of salad. <laughs> I, I forget this one... Um, like this one girl, she's like this food blogger, but she she cracks me up because it's kind of like how I look at food sometimes. If I if I'm you know kind of being bad, mm-hmm. oh salad cocktail. Mm, do I have room for French fries? That's your dinner, <laughs> and I'm like fuck. Like that. sometimes it's the best. Like cocktail, salad, fries. It really done. is. Yeah, that's why I love like a good like steak salad because mm. like because I don't have to feel so so bad about it you yeah. know just like like a few cut up pieces of steak yeah on like a bed of like salad you yeah. know like lettuce and good stuff yeah and I'm like this is good I can I can do this yeah. You're like bring on everything else now <laughs> mm-hmm. or like oh or I made like um steak lettuce wraps mm. with like rice yeah and green beans and just like a nice little thin juicy steak strip or whatever oh so good yeah and some like lime yeah oh yeah oh yeah money 
Dude, I just like how he just like threw the Marcella Hazan. I was yeah, like, so funny. I immediately was like, T will tell us who this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think I could cook dinner? It's home ec, bro. And like, to his point, though, no, dude, right. like, come on. Because, and, and I love how, like, he's such a, like, little asshole. Like, yeah. Eric's like, Simon the Great will get started in the kitchen. He's like, sure, snickerdoodles, brownies, or cookies. <laughs> like, what can I whip up for you? <laughs> and he was also funny whenever this girl calls the house and he goes, cinnamon. Okay, bye. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yeah, this is Simon. Cinnamon, bye. <laughs> like, barely even asked the question. How did you know? I just know these things. <laughs> How does he know these things? We've never seen his culinary skills be demonstrated in Ever. any way. But apparently he's he's a businessman. Mm-hmm. He's a banker. Mm-hmm. He's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. He's a chef. Mm-hmm. What else are we going to add Philosopher. This? Philosopher, yes. And, and, and he's good with God, bro. And baby extraordinaire, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lest we forget twins. Yes. The good and the bad, or whatever the fuck that book was. <laughs> Simon is the man. <laughs> God, I just wonder if I were to have a son and it turns out to be something like this, the, I, I, I think I would just, just shut up and watch. And be like, yeah. what are you going to do today? Yeah, I feel like very little parenting is needed. <laughs> yeah. What crazy shit are you going to do today? Yeah. If you're lucky enough to have a Simon, I feel like you've won the lottery. <laughs> I always wonder about that. Like, when it comes to parents, like, watching their kids grow up and when they're going through their teen phase or, like, going through, you know, Any being phase. a teen. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, do they ever go, I'm like, what, do they ever think, what is this little shithead going to do today? Like, <laughs> or, like, we're going to send them out and let's see what happens today. I don't know. Like, I always wonder. Well, I feel like that's the ultimate scary thing, yeah. right? Like, is that first time... That your kid is like learning, like and leaving doing, yeah. the house, like you're like kindergarten or whatever. When you're like, okay, go be a member of society now. <laughs> you know, like anything goes, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> There's this one girl, th- this one comedian. I can't even remember her name. I watched this years ago. Um, I think she's from she she's from Canada, but her parents, I think, are Russian Ukrainian or something like that. Hmm. But she's from Canada. Um, she was really funny. She she would make fun of her parents all the time, and especially with the accent. And then she was talking about how her, she's like, my mom would dress me up in the most fucked up ways. And then she goes, but I always imagined her like sending me out, closing the door, going, I can't believe she wore that. Like you know, like sometimes I wonder, like do like do parents just want to make fun of their kids with this shit? Like do they do this because they I must. think I would. They must. <laughs> like, I think I would. I feel like I feel like my parents talk shit about me on the daily, and I'm fucking thirty years old. <laughs> like I feel like I feel like the minute I have my back turned, they're like whispering to each other yeah. about how ridiculous I am, or what fucked up thing I did, or what I did wrong, or whatever. Like, and Ruthie's the best. When sometimes, like, she'll call out her parents on that. Like, I'm here. I can hear you, and she does it with like her siblings too. Like, hello. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't she do it in this episode? No, I think she does it in the next one. Sorry, oh. I'm a little head, guys, okay. but I can't help it. It's just whatever. Um, okay. Yeah. I can't help but think that parents... Oh, this me. isn't the car episode. No, but they do mention it in passing, don't they? I don't know. I might have made that up. Well, whatever. It's the second Just ignore episode. everything I said about cars. Cars didn't happen. Cars, cars, cars. Don't cars don't, yeah. yeah, it is the next episode. Spoiler alert. We watch two and record two at a time, folks. Um, God, stop giving away the secrets. Oh, who cares? Okay. You think anyone's going to remember... <laughs> Just I don't care. It was just funny. Okay. Anyways, no, I know. <laughs> I didn't mean to come off as like argumentative as I did in that moment. Yeah, you did. You meant. I it. really didn't though. Yeah, you did. I love you, T. I love you too, Lady J. Love you so hard. <laughs> you need to. Someone has to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. Clearly, my parents don't. We're <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Um, we did it. No. Yes. Yeah, I think we did. We covered Ryan. We covered Jessica. I think we did. So we can just say so. Um, at the end of this episode, um, Eric allows Annie. <laughs> allows is the wrong term there. Yeah. Eric offers Annie the chance to um, do the sermon. Yeah. At church, and she keeps saying, "I love my life," which I love that. Yeah. I love her just sheer expression of joy. Yeah. And, and like and like appreciation yeah. for the fact that this is the life she gets to lead and mm-hmm. just like just like like unapologetically happy about that. Yeah. And like 
I loved seeing that. Mm-hmm. It was really kind of cool. And then, you know, we see her at the pulpit on Sunday. And this is when I think the whole episode sort of, like, really worked for me. Is because all of the random, like, time stamps and stuff, like, kind of all of a sudden makes sense when in the middle of Annie's speech, they cut to a bunch of, like, stills of, like, real women in real life in Afghanistan, Mm -hmm. like, just living their lives, and it's, like, every minute of every day in Taliban-ruled Afghanistan or whatever, and you can see these women in, like, this, like, desert of a fucking country, Mm -hmm. like you know, just, like, living their lives, and they're, like, literally covered from head to toe Mm -hmm. in this heat, and what I can only imagine is, like, like, the shittiest fucking conditions, and I just, yeah, it kind of all just, like, like, I was so drawn in by these images and stuff that I wasn't even listening anymore. Like, I had to replay it and, like, look away from the screen so I could hear Annie's words, Uh which is where the yaksada comes in because her whole message is, like, you know, we all need to, like, use our voices to, like, speak out against this and to do something about it Mm -hmm. because that's the only way it's going to work. Yep. So good stuff mm-hmm. okay shall we rate it yeah you gotta go before me I can go first yeah cool I'm giving this episode a 9.5 wait what <laughs> yeah you heard me you okay. heard me alright everything about this episode worked for me with the exception of making Ryan redeemable at the end <laughs> That's where they lost the point five. They almost lost a whole point, and then I was like, I love this episode too much. <laughs> hmm. So that's the nine point five. Interesting. Okay. I just I don't know when you when you think about it, I because I appreciated that all of the stories yeah serve the narrative or serve mm-hmm. the message. I I like that. I like thematic. If like I feel like if you're gonna do a thematic episode, go in whole yeah. hog on it. Yeah. Um. And I think they did that. So. Hmm. I liked it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to give it like a one or something. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not. No, like like I said, there's a few things that I was like, eh, about. Um, again, but I enjoyed the conversations. That's that's what I liked. I liked the conversations. Um, yeah. I don't... The thing is, I know you're saying you didn't like how Ryan is redeemable. And I. the thing is, I can't help but think that Ryan still isn't redeemable. Like, he's not. Like, it's just giving you that, not hope for him, but hope that, like, it is possible for someone to change, to make different choices. That's the only thing. I I can see where you're saying, like, I I get it, because it's easy to see that. And it's, I I probably would have too, but I was just like, you know what? I, I would hope that he takes that opportunity to make a change for himself or to look at, life in a different perspective or at least I hope any someone does because the life you have is whatever it can change in an instant and all and all your values all your I guess you want to say ideals or paradigms or of what you had of what your reality is can shatter in a moment which is scary but also really cool in a sense like you know, you're capable of it, but whatever. You're capable of it, and that's great if you do that for yourself. Yes. But I'm sorry, it's just too scary that it can all be taken from you at any moment because someone decides that's so. Yeah. I know. So. I, like, as I was watching this, I was reminded of, like, The Handmaid's Tale, too. Like, mm-hmm. particularly about women and stuff, you know? And it's like, shit, man. Like, like, like these women weren't even allowed to like go to school anymore. Yeah. Like, like, and, and Annie brings up a good point, which I don't think I've ever thought about it in this context, but it's like they're wiping out females completely. Oh yeah. Because they're they're not letting women be doctors. Mm -hmm. Women can't be treated by men. Diseases are rampant because there's not enough or good enough medical care or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and they're shutting them away. They they're being physically segregated. They're literally like boiling in these fucking whatever the yeah. fucks they have to wear. Yep. 
They can't wear white. Their shoe squeaks. They can be killed. Yeah. Like, holy fuck. Might as well just call it a day. It's terrifying. Yeah, it is terrifying. terrifying. And I love... I fucking... This is where I get on my soapbox. Because I fucking cannot wrap my head around how anybody can think about that or can think about women that way when it's like where the fuck do you think you came from yeah you don't exist if it wasn't for a woman yeah your entire world doesn't exist if it wasn't for a woman so what the fuck is this like who are you bro Mm. and you're gonna and and are you gonna treat your little daughter that way are you gonna beat your daughter if she wears a squeaky shoe, Apparently. your little two-year-old daughter. Fucking ridiculous, man. I know. Anyway, sorry. Very passionate, as you can see. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, as you should be with this goddamn episode. It's it it's just sucks because this episode is almost twenty years old, I and know. we're and it's still something we're talking about and dealing with in the world today, and. Like, I just, I don't know. So, on a much lighter note, um, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can follow us at For Heaven's Sake Pod on all the places. You can send us an email at For Heaven's Sake Show at gmail.com. Or, actually, that's it. <laughs> and <laughs> until next time, bye. Bye.